Welcome to Gratitude, the grad school guide for student physical therapists. I'm Sarah. And I'm Gabby. And we are two first-year physical therapy students sharing our grad school experiences to help PT students around the world. Embark on this journey with us as we navigate through the insanity of physical therapy school together. Are you struggling financially in PT school? Are you a PT student struggling to find scholarships? Not enough scholarships offered at your school. We have started the Gratitude Scholarship for PT students, no matter what year, no matter what school you guys can apply. We are raising $5,000. You can check out our GoFundMe link in the description and you can donate, apply, whatever, check it out. We are so excited to be giving this away in the summer of 2019 for our very first time. If you're enrolled in the summer of 2019, interested in applying for the scholarship, you can submit a video no longer than two minutes answering these two questions. What is your vision of physical therapy in the future? And what are you doing outside of the classroom as a PT student? If you answer these two questions and email us the video and submit it before May 1st, then you will be eligible for the scholarship. So check it out, guys. Definitely worth applying. It doesn't take long. We look forward to hearing all your submissions. Thank you. We recorded a very different episode than we have or any other episode we've recorded before. And Sarah and I just want to shed some light on how important this topic is. And we know that multiple people go through it And you may not even know it because this is a topic that people, particularly PT students, do not necessarily like to talk about. And in this episode, David was being very vulnerable and really expressing, you know, his his emotions and going through this really difficult process. So we just wanted to let you all know, we want this to be a judgment-free zone. I mean, this episode is so important and people don't really talk about it. And if you're really struggling in PT school, it's usually the first semester because it's a hard adjustment. And I think it's important for people to understand if you don't make it because of grades, because of whatever's going on in your personal life, because of some sickness, whatever's happening in your life, it's going to be okay whether you get back to PT school, whether you go to PTA school, whether you restart your program. And we just want to hear from somebody who has gone through this. And David really talks about how he restarted the PT program that he was in. And he is now a successful physical therapist. And that year off doesn't make a difference in terms of your whole career. If anything, I think it makes it better because you've had that time for personal, personal development and for learning. Usually it's normal for like maybe two, one or two people in a program not to make it to the second or third semester of PT school. So it's not common, but it's not as uncommon as you might expect. And like we said earlier, this is a judgment-free zone. So if you or somebody you know is in this position where the first semester or second semester is really kicking their butt in PT school and they need some help, share this with them. Let them know that there is hope. There are people going through this and there are people who make it out. So thank you guys so much for listening in. I hope you enjoyed this episode with David. 
All right, so welcome back to another episode of Gratitude, guys. Today we have a very special guest, David. Welcome on the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me on. Oh, of course. We're so excited to chat with you. So first of all, I know that you already kind of emailed us a little bit of your backstory, but tell the listeners a bit of your story into PT school and how it's kind of kind of untraditional. Yeah, well, I've learned that in this field, there's a lot of uh, untraditional, like myself. This is a career change for me, like it has been for many others. Mm -hmm. uh, I graduated originally from Ohio University with a bachelor's in journalism. And whenever I say journalism, people look at me like, what, that was a major, major change, wasn't it? Like, yeah, I had to go back to school and take a lot of science courses. But at the end of the day, it's still dealing with a lot of uh, interactions with people. I have to get people to trust me to tell me their secrets for, to write a news article about them. Not too different than physical therapy, where you're really trying to make those connections with people to gain their trust. So I spent a long time in journalism. I was started as a 16-year-old writing about local sports and worked my way up to uh, newspapers at the uh, older level. And by the time I was 30, though, I was kind of done with the field, ready to get back into uh, something new. Didn't really have any idea what I wanted to do. And every day my dad would come to me and say, hey, do you think about being a teacher? And I want to do that, et cetera, et cetera. And after a few days of this, he finally said physical therapy. And I remembered playing high school football, dislocating my shoulder, going to see a physical therapist, get me back on the team quickly and thinking, this guy's got a pretty cool job. I could do this someday unless I'm going to be a writer, of course. And so that just kind of sat in the back of my mind for 15 odd years. And when the time came, and that suggestion came up, everything just turned back on. I'm like, yeah, I think I'm going to give that a try. No idea what I was getting myself into. So I had to go back to school for about two years to take physics and chemistry and anatomy and physiology, all those fun courses that we all hated in college the first time around. Uh, so I spent a couple of years doing that took the GRE. I applied to just one school, got in, didn't realize that that was kind of a risky move at the time. So I was excited to get started and then get the email, show up for Cadaver Lab uh, in the middle of the summer of 2013, I think it was. Struggled mightily with that course, uh, not because it was disgusting. I actually thought it was, the dissection was very, very cool, but it was a a lot of new information thrown at me at one time because I didn't really have the musculoskeletal background that all my classmates had. So I barely passed that course, which was basically the entire semester. That summer semester was just that. Fall semester began. And it was more and more and more musculoskeletal to the point that I was just getting my butt kicked in a couple of different courses. At the school I went to, you have to maintain it. I think it was 75%, but I think they let you have the 74.6 or 74.5. And if you score lower than a 75%, you cannot stay, you have to retake the course. And they only offer that course one time a year, so you have to sit out an entire year to get back in. And if you score lower than a 70%, I think you are automatically disqualified from the program. I wasn't sure if I was gonna even keep above the 70%. So about midway through the fall semester, I took the uh, other option, which was to withdraw entirely. Uh, with incompletes, so those grades didn't mean anything, and decided I was gonna give it another shot with the next class, and join the class of 2017. As I was making that decision to withdraw, uh, my advisor kind of pulled me aside and said, you know, are you sure you wanna keep up with this? Because the people who withdraw generally don't have a whole lot of success. And what's gonna change between now and next year if you try to come back next year? At the time, I was a little bit offended just because I'm used yeah. to succeeding. I do. But I, I understood what the point she was making. I just don't think she worried it the best. 
but what I did do is I went back to undergrad again and took another musculoskeletal course to get myself a little more prepared. And I also had the benefit of having seen how some of the professors word their tests and what kind of questions they ask. And I also took the cadaver lab a second time to build up that musculoskeletal strength and get the anatomy down a bit better. Lo and behold, I, I got back into the program and three years later graduated. So in all, it was about a four-year journey. And I guess that, that answers that question and maybe a couple more you had coming up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's really an incredible story. And not many people have heard of that. I mean, like, you know, going through and yeah, like you've heard people like struggling in a class, but something happens where, you know, they pass the final and it's all good. However, I, I have never heard a story like yours before. And I think that's so inspiring to a lot of students listening right now and saying like, there is hope. And you just kept on persevering and telling yourself, you know, I may not have the background that everybody else has, but, you know, taking that year was probably beneficial where you can, you know, be more familiar with musculoskeletal. And then also, you know, as you came back, I would like to know a little bit more about how that was the second time, you know, taking Cadaver Lab where everybody else was just starting off. Yeah, definitely. They were all starting off. But I still think they were more intelligent than I was. I, I gained a whole new respect for the 22-year-old kids out there. I felt like the old man being 30 and felt like, you know, it's kind of having to work twice as hard to keep up with them, even though I'd already been exposed to it. I will say, because my, uh, my advisor did ask this first, you know, I'm so glad you came back and I'm glad you're just doing so much better. What changed for you? Uh, I think, and this isn't to, to bash the, the class of 2016, but I think I had got along a little bit better with the members of the class of 2017. I, I think we said I have more in common with them personality-wise, so it was easier to study with them and do some working with them, whereas with the class of 2016, I felt a little bit more on my own. Uh, that, and I generally someone who hates to ask for help, but I kind of learned uh, through my first trial that this is not something one should try to take on their own. Uh, having gone through that experience of hitting my head against the wall several times trying to figure out why I can't memorize all these ridiculous, trivial information about the path of arteries and whatnot, Enlisting the help of my classmates uh, really went a long way to helping me get through that. And for the first half of the fall semester, the second time around, and a little bit of the cadaver lab, I was actually, I think, a bit of a resource for my new classmates because I could kind of warn them, like, hey, Dr. Jones asked questions like this, and Dr. Smith's going to ask some really weird questions that this is what they're actually trying to look for. So I, I think for uh, made me kind of popular for the, for the first few uh, weeks of the, or months of the fall semester. Then once we get to the point where they had caught up with me, then I wasn't nearly as valuable to them. But at that point, we already established some good friendships with them. Yeah, you were probably the most popular man in <laughs> your second time around. You have, you know, so much insight because you've already yeah, been I, I kind of, I, I wasn't that I was ashamed or anything, but I, I didn't really know how much they would, if I said, hey, just so you all know, I took this course already. Uh, you know, I didn't really want to, want to give them uh, opinions that may or may not that they may or may not share you know it's kind of like when you meet a new person for the first time you don't want to cloud someone else's judgment by giving them all of your own opinions but, but after a few days especially as I got to know them a little bit better I'm like oh yeah I was part of this cl the class I had originally and you know they, they didn't you know look at me any differently they look like oh this must be a, an idiot or something but they uh I said they kind of liked my uh, advice early on about 
what some of the teachers might be asking, even though their questions aren't always worth the best. Yeah, definitely. And when you took the year off between, I guess, restarting, were you, I know in addition to taking classes, were you also working at a PT clinic or just taking classes to enhance your knowledge? No, instead I was working at the uh, airport for a DHL third shift, unloading and loading airplanes in the middle of the night and was snowing and freezing. And I used that as an inspiration to really keep hitting, hitting the books hard because I didn't want to be doing this the rest of my life. It's brutal work. It was few nights and my uh, had icicles growing off my eyebrows and I lost the feeling of my thumb for a couple of weeks. So I was uh, used that as a motivation to keep working hard on, on the studying. Definitely. As far as working at the PT clinics, I didn't really have any of those types of connections. If someone had this, a clinic that they felt they could spend some time at, I'm sure that would be more useful than what I was doing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's still super valuable to be doing something in that time. I think what you did was smart. Firstly, get some money after not being able to work during PT school as much as you might have wanted. Save up a little bit and also give yourself that motivation and really find your why. Like, why are you doing this? And if people ask you that, what would you say? Like, why PT for you? <laughs> That's a great question. Uh... I know I didn't want to go back into journalism. At this point, I felt I had so much invested in this physical therapy uh, train of thought that I couldn't even think of doing anything else. Uh, had I really given a, a thorough thought way at the very day one, I probably would have entered PTA school instead of PT school. But it is what it is. And I, I kind of got into this a little bit blind. I'm sure most of the, your loyal listeners have been looking at this field for a longer time than I had been before I got in. So I'm sure they've explored their options a little bit better than I did. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> we have a wide, wide variety of people listening to this. And like you said, there are a lot of non-traditional students. Like that's, that's not really that big of a phrase anymore because people come in after a career change and it's not so uncommon. Yeah, for the people who are doing the career change, uh, it's, it's going to be, a, especially if you're changing from a very different non-scientific field. It's going to be a lot of work. So you got your work cut out for you. Keep at it though. It's, it is possible. Yes, definitely. I love to hear that. And just being a, like a motivation to say like, you can do it and it's going to take hard work, but you will succeed. And I absolutely love that. But what do you have going on right now in your PT world? I am a, a physical therapist at a skilled nursing facility working mostly in the short-term rehab. We do have some long-term beds as well. I'm actually the, the youngest member of the team in terms of uh, years in physical therapy. All of my physical therapy colleagues are bachelors of physical therapists. Or I'm the only DPT on the staff, a full-time member. So it's been a great educational opportunity for me to work with so many years of experience. And it's not the field I was really looking to get into. I always considered myself more interested in the acute care setting but it's been a very inspirational time with a lot of my patients. I've seen a few of them who I'm looking at them thinking, well, we'll be happy if I can get them transferring themselves into a wheelchair so they can go back home. And some of them have told me, now I want to walk. And I'm like, okay, we'll see what we can do. And sure enough, a few of them have worked hard for me and managed to walk themselves out the front door. Those experiences really uh, keep you going when you're dealing with some of the other patients who don't want to work with you or maybe not really be physical therapy appropriate, but you're seeing them anyway because you have to pay the bills. 
So it's getting those few good ones. Uh, it reminds you why you're in the. Yeah, and just to kind of reiterate your why, we we heard little bits and pieces of that as well. But so why are you in PT? <laughs> I've always been someone who, like everyone else, who wants to help others. The reason why I got into journalism way back when was I wanted to help other people to share their stories with others, much like the way you guys are doing right now. I became a bit jaded because I didn't really feel like that was the goal of journalism anymore. That seemed more about I gotcha moments, catching politicians with silly lies or who's cheating on who tabloid type articles. So I, that's why I kind of lost my interest in that field. And physical therapy, you know, that's happening right there in front of you. You get to see that person make uh, improvements to their life. Uh, you're giving them back their physical independence. So it's very rewarding in that, in that regard. Yeah, that's awesome. I think we honestly have the best profession ever just because you are helping so many people, but then there are so many different paths you can go with physical therapy. And if you decide that after a few years, the setting that you're in, you're not as happy as you would be, then you can, you know, explore other settings as well. And I think that's so cool about the profession that we're in. Yeah, definitely. And unlike some of the other medical professions, we actually get to spend a lot of time with our patients. So there's more of a that connection and you can just see, you know, they'll, you go see someone after their doctor's been in the room and they can't remember their doctor's name, but you walk in and they're telling you all the stories and you pick up where you left off. And I don't want to say you become like family members, but you become pretty good friends over a short period of time. Yeah. And I think that's the big appeal to physical therapy is it's really kind of humanizing healthcare and getting people back to where they want to be without prescriptions, drugs, without surgery, if possible, of course. And then if they do have those things, like getting them through it, getting them through uh, recovering from a surgery or whatever. And I think that's so incredible. Definitely. Yeah, I have to agree with you. So David, what advice would you give to a current PT student who may be listening to this or even a pre-PT student? um, Because we know that the prereqs are really challenging to get into PT school. What advice would you give for someone who's struggling or who may be having those thoughts of like, is this profession really for me? First, if you are having those thoughts, I think it's definitely something worth exploring because it's a major time and financial investment to go through with this program. Uh, If you are having second thoughts, maybe you need to find someone you can talk to to make sure you're really where you belong. Once you've decided that, yes, this is for you and you're going to move on through, you know, one of the big things for me was not being afraid to ask someone else for help. We're all in this together. A lot of people, at least in my case, came from stronger backgrounds. So my questions, I'm sure, were pretty stupid at the time, but they they, they knew my story and they didn't judge me for being so far behind the rest of them. They all had my back. The only reason why I think I really got through that program was because I had two or three really good friends who were not going to let me fail. They put in the extra time to help me get through. So find those people who are going to be there for you. Even the professors, a lot of the professors, if you ask them for the extra time, they will give it to you, at least from my experience. I imagine all programs that probably operate similarly, that all the professors really are there to help you. Be willing to work with them to get that extra time in and know where your shortcomings are so that you can get the appropriate practice and ask the right questions to shore up your weaknesses. Yeah, I think the professors definitely are there to get you through because in a lot of programs, you don't really know, but the professors do have a say most of the time on who gets in and you never know which professor chose you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
no pressure. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm curious, this may be just true for for the specific program you went to, but like what kind of options did you have? So for those who are struggling, they're like, I don't think I'm going to make the minimum, whatever you need to pass the first semester, second semester, whatever in PT school. What options did you have rather than restarting? The other option would have been to, and a couple of my classmates took this option. They just went ahead and see if they couldn't get their grades up and pushed on through. And unfortunately, I don't think any of those students survived. They got the failing grade and they've switched careers because they weren't going to make it at PT program. Other than just dropping out of the program entirely, I don't think that there really were trying to pass the first time through withdrawing and uh, starting over or uh, dropping out altogether, I think were really the only three options. Yeah. From what I've heard about different programs, not to like be too specific about which program does what, but most programs, your options are one, if you are very, very close, like say, say you get two C's out of four classes, you're only allowed to really maintain it 3.0, but you do have a semester to bring it up. So you're not really failing out, but like you said, you don't see yourself bringing it for GPA unless you just withdraw and restart. That's an option. Withdraw, restart. Um, and the other option would be just to drop altogether, which is an unfortunate option that I don't think people should have to choose from. And the third option would be to maybe apply somewhere else. Did you ever try that or consider that? Not really. Uh, there was only two schools in the area that I lived in and the other school was a private school. So costs would even be even more daunting to overcome. And I wasn't looking to move out of the area at the time to uh, finish PT school. And like you said, you could also, you could go to PTA school. You yeah. know, say somebody does not make it in PT school, you could always do PTA school as well. Definitely. I know in the area I was in, the PTA school was actually taught by some of the same professors who taught the PT school. So I'm not sure if the courses are actually any easier, but it always is something to consider. Yeah. <laughs> who knows? Who knows if it's necessarily easier, but it is, you know, a possibility. It gives people some hope of like what their options are and what they can do if they're really struggling, whether it's something personal that happens or it's just like you don't have that background and you're really struggling with classes. Yes, uh, for people making the transition, I would recommend signing up for any type of anatomy course you can go to. There's no bad anatomy or wasteful anatomy to become a physical therapy. We, we cover it all from bones to nerves to skin and everything is covered. So if you're still considering it and you're not applying for schools yet, take all the extra undergrad courses you can find that deal with anatomy. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think having additional background in our core classes one of them being anatomy or musculoskeletal, if you find yourself having to do that, like it is okay. You're thinking like, okay, I think I just need to, you know, take another anatomy course. You know, that is okay to think. And if you do find yourself restarting, then taking those classes, I mean, in your case too, will definitely be beneficial in the long run because you already have that initial background. And I think that's so important to have. Um, especially for a physical therapist. Yeah, anatomy seems to be a big part of what we do. Yes, and you were saying um, you did take, what class was it that you took that you went back to like undergrad and take during that little gap? Yeah, the, the course, it's, uh, it was a musculoskeletal course. It was actually on the list of courses recommended to have taken before PT school, but not re- a requirement. And at the t- 
time, I'm like, well, I'll go ahead and take it as I was taking all my other undergraduate courses, but I didn't have all the prereqs to take that course. And so I tried, I spoke with someone in the uh, PT program about trying to get my name on that course list. And they said, Oh, don't worry. It's not a requirement. You won't need it. Uh, well, <laughs> lo and behold, I, I it may not be a requirement, but I definitely needed it. They were able to get me on the list during the following winter when I took the course. That's awesome, though, that they did get you on it and that you did take it. And I feel like you really took advantage of your time off between, you know, restarting. And what would you recommend to somebody who maybe is restarting or is considering restarting? What would you say to do in that free time or in that space? In my case, I was someone who already had their foot in the PT door, so I kind of knew what courses I'd be taking. So I, and I had the textbooks that I knew the teachers would be teaching from that following semester. So I also, in addition to that one course I was taking, I reviewed the books uh, for the existing courses I knew I'd have to take again to build up a little bit stronger of a foundation, have my notes all prepared so I'd be able to study more effectively and not have to spend all the time rereading things. So if, you know, if you are in a program, then drop out, you know, take advantage of what you already know about that program. Look at those textbooks that you know that they're going to be teaching from the next year. They might give you a newer edition, but still going to be the same material. If you have a good relationship with your teachers, maybe ask them what they, if they have any advice for you as well. It's kind of hard to give a blanket advice because everyone's story is going to be a little bit different. You know, that's what worked for me. And so maybe it might work for someone else. Yeah, I think that's great advice. And if there's anybody who wants to reach out to you uh, to talk more about this, if they are going through a similar situation, where can they contact you? Provide my email address. That's probably the, the easiest way. It's D is in David, L-A-B is in boy, E-R-O-U at yahoo.com. Awesome. And we'll have a link to your email in the show notes. But we thank you so much for taking this time to talk with us and and to have our listeners hear about your story. And we really appreciate your time. Well, if it helps a couple of people, then it was all worth it, right? Yes, absolutely. I think that this will really help a lot more people than you think. And I think uh, for everyone listening, just like understanding that it is more common than you might think. Not to say it's common to restart a program, but don't feel like you are alone in this if you are in that position and just know that it's okay and people make it through and David is a great example of that. Yeah, it's certainly not a one-shot opportunity. You can you know, use all of your resources, use all of the years available to you if, if necessary. They're, they give you that second chance because some people can succeed with that second chance. Yes. Thank you so much for coming on, David. We greatly appreciate you taking time out of your day and we will stay in touch and I'm sure you'll get a lot of questions and I think you're so inspiring to a lot of people. I appreciate that. Thanks for listening to Gratitude, the grad school guide for student physical therapists. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our Instagram and Facebook page linked in the description.